Welcome to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast, the show that offers you tips and strategies to help speakers build the business of their dreams. Now, here's your host, 30-year industry veteran and business coach, Jane Atkinson. everyone to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. I'm super excited to be talking to you today about how to live your life and your business in the front row. Now, some of you may recognize that phrase as the brand of the fabulous Marilyn Sherman. Welcome back to the show, Marilyn. Thank you, Jane. I'm so happy to be here again. Front row. Uh, tell everybody, let's get, give me a little snapshot of your existing speaker business, uh, speaking business. You know, you're working with bureaus. What are you doing? How often are you out on the road? And are you happy with things in the way that they're going? I love speaking so much that I'm never quite happy <laughs> in terms of the number of bookings. You always want more. You always Wait, want more. I always want more bookings because it's such a high. I love what I do. And my business is uh, pretty much 100% keynote speaking. So I don't have a consulting back end. I don't have a coaching back end. I just do keynote speaking. Now, I do have some feelers out with some local casinos here in Las Vegas where mm -hmm. I could go deeper with them. Um, and I do have repeat customers quite a bit, but my business is people hire me to get on stage uh, to do events. Well, as your former coach, I'm like, let's dive into that, shall we? <laughs> I want to just go down there with you, but that's not what we're talking about today. Yeah, We're talking about some of your content. So talk about who do you speak for the most and what is the topic that they are hiring you for? Well, it's very interesting. I literally just got a booking uh, on Friday from someone who was just searching for an engaging, motivational speaker with content. And mm -hmm. I that's basically what I am. I, mm -hmm. I People say that you're more than a motivational speaker because you have immediate take-home value. You also talk about managing change in disruptive times. And I've been doing that as a workshop for years, especially- mm -hmm. Uh, with my former um, finance background, before I became a speaker full-time, I worked in a training department of a finance company and we were uh, bought out by a bigger bank. And so I was part of the transition team. So mm. I was very well-versed in managing change with a positive mindset. And so that was sort of on the back burner is just an offering on my website, but mm -hmm. you'd be surprised at how many people find that because they're looking for how do we manage change through disruptive times? How do we get our people engaged and on board after so much they've been through. Yeah. So, so my motivational speaking has some depth to it with mm -hmm. what they can do to re-engage, reignite their um, employees and their workforce and to get more out of their workforce, especially since so many people have been taking a back seat after, you know, post-COVID, they're sort of sitting back and thinking, is this really where I want to work? Is this really right. where I want to spend my time and energy? So my job is to come in and remind them that, yes, uh, you can do more and have more with what you have. And right. so my message about living your life in the front row and front row success, how top uh, performers don't settle for balcony seats. Um, since the last time you and I engaged, I actually have um, an acronym, the seat of success, which makes sense because um, your success depends on where you sit and who you sit with. Yes. So the 
S stands for to see the outcome you desire. It all starts with your vision. Where do you see yourself? Yes. Wealthy speakers out there. um, Where do you see your speaking career? And I love how you always start every event with closing your eyes and imagining, you know, (laughs) the private plane, the (laughs) deposit, you know, the spinoff after you get off stage. Private plane. Private plane. That's yours, Marilyn. (laughs) That's your imagination. (laughs) I'm positively projecting that, Jay. I love it. Okay. So C, the outcome is is the the S. S. The E is to manage your energy. It's not about managing your time. It's about managing your energy. So don't get sucked up with your high energy time of the day, doing things that are not going to have a high return on your investment of your energy. And it's so easy to get caught up with um, going down, for example, social media, going down a rabbit hole, and suddenly your whole morning is wasted because mm-hmm. you didn't you didn't protect your energy. Yes. So, um, so that's the E in the seat of success. The yes. A is all about attitude, and you can't be a great motivational speaker without talking about the power of attitude. Yes. And when you have a front row attitude, when you have a can-do attitude, when you have a resourceful attitude where you're coming to be a resource to other people and being of service, um, that is going to bring you more joy and, you know, more fulfillment. So it's all about your attitude. Okay. And then the T in the seat of success stands for tenacity. You have to have your tenacity at max capacity when handling adversity, because your path to the front row is never an easy path. There's always going to be roadblocks and potholes along the way. So you have to have your tenacity prepared. You have to go for it. You have to pick yourself up. You have to find another path. You have to don't allow the setbacks and roadblocks to keep you back in the balcony of your life. Mm, that is so good. And I and I just want to say that there was a time when I think motivational speaker didn't have as good of a rap as right. I, but I think things go in cycles, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think motivational speaking is um absolutely 100% needed out there and I just want to bring up the idea you probably knew Keith Harrell quite well. Oh, yeah. Keith Harrell was somebody that I followed and uh, thought highly of. He mm-hmm. made an entire business off of one word, which was attitude, like built a seven figure speaking business off yeah. of attitude. Yeah. I don't see that as anything that's going away. No. You can wrap it up in mindset or whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. but really. Mm-hmm attitude and motivational speaking, I don't think will ever go away because it's so needed out there, especially Mm -hmm. for people who have been through the mill of disruption. They're sitting in the balcony. They've Mm -hmm. got their feet up. They're probably eating popcorn and they're thinking, (laughs) yeah, I'm here, but I'm not really here. Right. Right. quiet quitting. And so I think this is really um, so, so, so needed right now. Okay. So let's apply the idea of front row living to Mm -hmm. the speaking profession. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? Does it come down to like decisions that you're making in your life? What does, 
What do you think front row living is really all about a front row success? Well, the foundation obviously is you get to decide. Nobody else can decide it for you. You get to decide what your front row looks like. Mm. Uh, for me, getting on stages, and I love traveling. You know, I know a lot of speakers that are my age are saying, I'm so done with traveling. I'm so tired of it. I'm <laughs> ready to just one like... of them, by the way. <laughs> I only just broke out of my COVID bubble like a couple of months ago, and that was... <laughs> I was kind of forced out. So That's I would have stayed here for another few years. Quite yeah. gladly, I recognized what I, <laughs> what my choices are now. Yes. And they're very, very different from yours, Marilyn. Right. I see you tripping off to Paris all yes. the time. And I think yes. there she is. She's doing her version of front row living. Exactly. Good exactly. So you start with, you get to decide and you get to literally uh, paint the picture for what you want your front row to look like. So that's where it starts. And then it's about um, taking action. And the thing that trips up a lot of speakers, and I'm speaking from my own experience, uh -huh. what, what tripped me up in the past is such a mindset of why is this person getting more bookings than me and what is wrong with me and what am I doing wrong? And it's not about doing anything wrong. It's about what are you doing on a consistent basis to move your business forward? What yes. are you doing about writing those blogs? And so, you know, every Friday I do a front row Friday video and I post it on YouTube. In fact, I just had a, a great dinner with Mike Staver last night, who's the um, chair of NSA. And he was like, I love your front row Friday videos. And I'm like, yeah, uh, they're every week. So how much planning do you think goes into these front row Friday videos? And he's like, none. And that's right. They're so current that, that every Wednesday I um, decide, well, Thanks. what do I want to talk about today? And yeah. the feedback that I get from those front row Friday videos is that you're so authentic. <laughs> it's like, that's because I'm not wrote, I'm not reading anything. And no. so, and you never know when you're putting out your material, like I've been doing this going on two years now. When mm -hmm. you're putting out material out into the world, you never know who is reading your blog, who is listening to your podcast, who is yeah. watching your videos. You never know the impact that you are making. But as long as you are consistently um, putting your material out there and taking action and moving forward, it's going to come back to you. So um, your front row mindset as a speaker is... Uh, let go of all the chatter in your head that mm. you're not good enough. You don't deserve a front row seat and you compare yourself to other speakers. You have to stop that noise in your head that keeps you in the balcony of your life. And mm. then be careful of getting comfortable, which is general admission. When you are comfortable and in your comfort zone and you're just sort of coasting along, when you coast, you coast backwards. You never coast forward. So uh, be careful of getting too comfortable, which is why I, I always like to evolve my presentation. And, and even though the foundation is the same, because my clients, you know, from 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, they're rehiring me again. Yes. Um, and I'm still talking about front row, but I've evolved the message. I have new stories. They're more current. They're yeah. more relevant Accur today than ever before. Yeah, so, you have a new acronym to yeah. remind them of yeah. the the ideas. And so, yeah, you don't rest on your laurels because no. that's going to take you backwards right. in uh, general admission. Who knows where you're going to end up? Right. So um, lots of decisions go into being intentional. Intentional is always going to be my word for the year, I think. Um, 
being intentional about that. I think it's interesting that you brought up the whole, you never know who's going to be watching idea when you're putting out content into the world. I just did a podcast uh, with another speaker who said that they hire, hang on, I want to give him props. So I'm going to tell you his name, Sean Canugo. He hires a videographer in every city he goes to. He spends, I don't know, 300, 500 to $1,000. And he puts pieces of his presentation out as a part of his consistent messaging. And I thought, oh, that's a new one. So watch out people, podcast listeners for Sean Canugo, whose um, message will be coming up in the next uh, little bit. I don't know which one will run first or second, but anyway, I think consistent action and mindset are really, I mean, we talk about that over here. That's mm -hmm. That's really what front row living is all about, but deciding what it is that you want. Mm -hmm. So was there ever a decision for you that, you know what, I want to be on the big stage. I want to <laughs> be in front of X type of an audience. I mean, you've gone really deep into, we've talked before about this, uh, food service professionals, right. women. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Did you attend an event and say, Ooh, you know, I see what's going on here and I want to be a part of it. No. Um, and so this sort of relates to your earlier question about who do I speak to? My message is so, um, so non-specific in an industry that I had like seven engagements in 10 days one time. And I looked back and it was hilarious because one was a group of engineers. One was a group of corporate attorneys. One was a group of leaders from Girl Scouts of America. I mean, they couldn't be more different yes. and every single one of them. And it became comical after the third one, someone came up to me at my book signing and said, Oh my gosh, you were speaking directly to me. Yeah. It's like you were one of us. And it yeah. was funny because um, I'm not an engineer. I'm not a Girl Scout leader, and I'm certainly not a corporate attorney, but my message uh, resonates with the individuals in the room. So it doesn't matter what their role is. And then yeah. when I do my pre calls, I can find out what their pain points are and I can customize my message. But I am all over the place, but I do a lot in the food service space, and it became um, big for me because I spoke at one event and mm -hmm. that one event, I, they resonated with it so much that they couldn't stop talking about it after that first night of the conference. And I was speaking again the next day and my 450 place room was, had 700 people in it just because wow. of the word of mouth. Okay. And then they hired me back again the next year. And then they hired me back again. I mean, I spoke there for 12 years in a row and the 13th year, they didn't hire me to speak at the conference, but they hired me for a 12 city tour. Mm. So it, so it was the same message that I speak to engineers and corporate attorneys, um, but the food service space, they love it. And so they found me. And because the audience had decision makers in it from very large brands that you and I know, um, they would hire me for their events that they had at their corporate headquarters. So um, and that led to franchisee conventions. And so, yeah. I, sometimes I, sometimes your niche fall, finds you instead of you finding yeah, your niche. I'm just getting ready to write about that actually in a in a blog. Uh I just spoke to um 
somebody who wanted to talk to me about potentially uh, coaching them wasn't a good fit. And part of the reason why it wasn't a good fit was she had a lot of statements like, well, I know that clients aren't going to hire me back until Mm -hmm. three or four years later. So I'm not going to bother marketing to them. And I thought about you in the moment and I thought, should I argue with her? But we'd already had a lot of statements like that in the conversation. I just thought, no, you're just not a good fit. Bye. (laughs) Anyway, uh, (laughs) bye-bye. That is a front row decision. Yeah. Wrong fit clients. Yeah. So I'm sure you've had conversation with clients who wanted you to do something way off your norm, Mm -hmm. didn't have any money, whatever it was. Like, what about wrong fit clients for, how do you get to the front row by continuing to accept wrong fit? Oh yeah, no, I would not take something that I'm not a good fit for. I mean, if if they want someone to talk about future trends in the market, that's so not me. You want to talk about economics? That's so not me. I mean, that's not what I do. And um, I even had someone say, we want you for a luncheon as a humor speaker. And this was back in the day. And they said, it's between you and Jeannie Robertson. And I remember calling up my friend Fripp. (laughs) She's such a good friend. And she's so honest. I said, I can't believe I'm up for a luncheon. And Jeannie Robertson is the, um, the other candidate for this job. And she said, Marilyn, if they're looking at Jeannie Robinson, you're not a good fit. Yeah. And it hit me. It's like, she's absolutely right. I am not a humorous luncheon keynote speaker. The client though, I am very funny, but I don't advertise that. Yeah. And and I think that's the client maybe getting clarity around. Well, when you say you're looking for someone who's funny or humorous, you know, tell me more. What does that look like to you and digging into it? It could be that they just want people to laugh a little bit. Well, that is you, right? Right. Right. But when you're comparing me with a comedian, that's what they do. And by the way, Jeannie Robertson, we bow to her and uh, her her ripples are continuing. Yeah. But here's the thing Um, in this day and age, with so much content on the internet, by the time people call me and fill out my form on my website, they have already seen a ton of my videos. Yes. So they know what they're going to get. They so know what the, type. By of. the time they call me, there's no surprise. So I rarely have someone that's going to call me for something that I do not do. Um, Buyers are savvy. Buyers are savvy. They are going online. They're looking at your YouTube channel. They're looking at your website. They're watching your videos. They don't have time to call up all these speakers and have a conversation. They do all their homework before they reach out to you. Yeah. So watch your social media footprint is a side side note from that. But also don't bury your humor thinking, I don't want to give this away online because of a fear-based decision. Mm -hmm. I think you put your humor out there so that people can see how good you are. You know, I remember uh, there was a piece of Vince's presentation that I thought was really like people might be turned off by it. You know, Vince Pacenti. I gets, love Vince. He gets up on the chair and he I love that. the sport of speed skiing. Yeah. And when I 
way, 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 this is like historic 20 years ago type thing. I was worried that if we put it at the front of the video, that people would be like, oh, oh that guy's too crazy for us. And they wouldn't hire him. When in fact, the moment we moved it to the front, his yeah. bookings exploded. Yeah. So also don't be afraid to put that out on yes. social media because that's what people, like you just said, yeah. They're reviewing your social footprint and they are seeing whether or not you are a good fit for them. And yes. you're going to have a ton of yeah. a trail leading to you, Marilyn. I think that's really wonderful. Can I tell you a story that sort of ties all this together? Sure. So my husband, as you know, is French and his best friend runs a economic summit every year in Provence. And we're invited as his, his invited guests. Now I've known his best friend for, uh, 18, 19 years. He never knew what I really did for a living because in France, it's a very different model for speakers yeah. Yeah. until he came to visit my husband last year. And they, we sat in the living room and he literally watched a full keynote and his jaw dropped. He had no idea that this is what I do. He's like, you're a comedian. You are, you are a show, you are engaging, but and you did a whole hour and you never looked at notes. I don't understand how you do that. So anyway, when we were invited to the economic summit just this past June, he said, okay, now I can introduce you to people as a potential speaker for their events because the speakers that, or the people that come to the summit, they're heads of state, they're heads of the largest companies in France. They are uh, significant diplomats from other countries. Mm -hmm. And so this year we did something very different, very intentional. Um, I did a, a one minute um, introduction in French on a video, inviting them to watch my demo, telling them that I want to expand my business into Europe, specifically France. And I would do it in English because my French, uh, one day I can do it in French, but right now my events would be in English. So I invited them to watch this video. I had a business card made with the QR code of that video. He and I went through the entire list of people that I should meet in person. We came up with 25 people. He said they will be speaking at different panels. As soon as they're off stage, you go up to them, shake their hand, drop my name and invite them to engage with you. And what's so very funny, Jane, is because I was so outside of my comfort zone. I'm like, this is easy in the States. All of a sudden I'm in Europe and I'm um, it's I'm like, oh, my gosh. And all of all the insecurities came back. Barriers. There's all the things, right? all those things. But I did it and I kept, you know, putting my hand out and meeting people. And there was one woman I met in particular. She's the president of the largest uh, women's university in the world in Saudi Arabia. Whoa. And I asked, I sat in the front row because that's where life is lived. You. And so when it came to Q&A, they saw my hand right away. And I asked her a very specific question about, wow, to be the president of a university in Saudi Arabia, um, what gave you the courage to be who you are today? There must have been a turning point in your life. And she loved the question, answered the question, and then we had a conversation afterwards. Mm. And then I immediately followed up with an email to all the people that I connected with at the summit. And um, I didn't hear from her. And I thought, oh, that's too bad because I thought we had a connection. Well, so I did a follow-up email and she emailed me immediately. So this was like 30 days later. And she said, oh my gosh, Marilyn, I sent you an email that night I met you and it was been in my draft because I went to Cannes on a boat and we didn't have internet on the boat. So, um, oh, I want you to know, I did 
watch your videos and I want to invite you to Saudi Arabia to come and speak to our students. So as so my mindset could have been, oh, nobody likes me. I think I'm going to eat some worms kind of a deal. But that's not always the case. <laughs> that's a little kid's thing, by the way. Yes. Nobody likes me. Everybody, everybody hates me. I'm going to eat some eat worms. worms. <laughs> you know, my husband and I say that to each other all the time. It's funny. Isn't that funny? Yeah. So now I have an invitation on, uh, we're working out the details, but mm -hmm. I'm going there January 3rd. Amazing. And she wants to take care of me while I'm there because it's a long way to go just for, you know, a single event. So we're working out details of what my stay there is going to look like. So all of that happened as a result of letting people know what I do, yeah. being confident in what I do, and then being intentional by going to an event and making myself known without being obnoxious about it, yeah. um, being of service, asking people about them and not being, oh, it's all about me. And then having a, a real footprint, like you said, social media, where she literally went, said, okay, who is this woman? And saw all these videos and connected with them and then so followed it, up. It starts with a decision. Yep. You decide what it is that you want to speak yes. more in uh, overseas. Yes. <clears throat> and then there's a series of actions. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, you don't stop taking action when somebody doesn't email you back right away. Right. You double check. Hey, reach out one more time. Yeah. Don't make up in your mind what's going on at their end because you don't know. Yes. You don't know there's a draft in her folder and that yeah. she's sailing the beautiful waters in Cannes. <laughs> you don't know what's going on with her. So yeah. don't assume that you do know. Yeah. And you know, what's even funnier, Jane, I mean, we, I, I don't know about you, but don't you have every once in a while that little insecure voice, you know, in your head. So we had a zoom call and I thought I even asked Eve, I said, how do I bring it up that, you know, I want to come to Saudi Arabia. How do I, how do I approach that when we're just having a get to know you conversation? Well, yeah. I showed up on the zoom call and the first thing she said was, oh my gosh, I'm so happy to see you. I can't wait to invite you to come to Saudi Arabia. So let's make that happen. That's nice. So you just never know. So you are absolutely right. Don't don't make up the decision of your customer or prospect for them before in your you own know. mind. Before you know. And and the tip I think going into that phone call is just be curious. Yes. See where the call is. There any opportunity? If it hasn't come up in the first yeah. little bit, is there any opportunity yeah. for me to come there? Yeah, I would love to do that. And uh, I think that you show up curious to a lot of your calls. Um, let's talk about front row living. You know, I, I just went to see the Beyonce movie on Saturday. I want it to go on Saturday. I want it to go. And you know, sometimes you want what you want because you want it. And so I don't sit in front row at the movie theater. I'm assuming no. that you don't expect people to do that, but I chose the best seat that I deemed in the house and I thought about getting other people involved because, but I used to go to the movie theater by myself in Dallas all the time and I loved it. And I thought, um, if I get somebody else involved, it's going to not be that day. It's going to be not that time. I'm going to have to adjust and I'm, I want what I want because I want it. So I made a front row decision and I said, I just booked this ticket and I'm going. And it was so 
I mean, to, to then see that act amazing and, uh, you know, mind blowing and to see her making, and she said at the end of the movie, at this point in my career, I don't have anything left to prove. What a great statement. Yeah. And it's so true for her, but it's also true for you, Marilyn. It's true for me. Yeah. At this yeah. point in our business, we don't have anything left to prove. No. I felt like that when um when you were there when I got my CPAE induction yes. into the Hall of Fame. And the fun part is no one knows it ahead of time yes. until they announce it from the stage. And um, but I knew it. And I walked around that convention with a whole different walk and a whole different mindset. It was so relaxing. It's like, I don't have anything to prove. I, 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 I don't have anything to prove to anyone. I don't have to be a certain way or act a certain way or to talk about my business at all. I got nothing to prove. And yeah. it, what freedom, what freedom yes. that is. And isn't there something about front row that says that too? That, you know, like, let's be clear that front row isn't about like scavenging your way there. Oh, no, 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 no. Talk, talk about what it means. Let, when you're talking to your audiences about making decisions that put them in the front row rather than the balcony, I, I see it so clearly for you where people are in cultures that are disrupted and, you know, it's so easy for them to sit up in the back, balcony and coast, right? Yeah. What does it mean to have a front row attitude in that setting? Well, that's a very good question because as I said earlier, your success depends on where you sit and who you sit with. And some people need to be loved from the balcony, but um, your front row, by the way, is high rent district. Do not allow people that don't honor and respect you to, to take up space in your front row. But yes. in a work setting, sometimes... Mm -hmm you are put on a team of people that you did not choose. You yeah. have to work with people that you wouldn't have thought to work with. Yes. You may have assumptions about people that you have to collaborate with and it could prevent you from actually having success with that group because of a, a assumption you are making about that person. And one of my examples I say very early on in my keynote is where I blew it. And it has to do with you, Miss Jane. Oh. And it happened when I went to Toronto and went to your, um, what do you call it? A, a, like a live event. It's a live event. And of course, yeah. I, I come early and sit in the front row. And then day two, I had left my stuff in the front row so I could reserve my seat. But everybody moved around. And yeah. I noticed there was a guy already sitting next to me. And it was like the oldest guy in the room. I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to sit with the old guy. I want to sit with the young, cool kids. Yeah. So I made an assumption about him. Yes, and then I thought, Marilyn, let go of your ego, go and be of service. So I sat down next to him. I introduced myself and he did say he was new to the speaking industry. So then my ego went the other direction where I said, hey, listen, if you have any questions at all, you can call me. I mean, I've been in this business a long time. I've seen it all. So here's my card. Call me. I mean, I literally just went from one massive ego to another side of my massive ego. And then, as you know, he did a showcase at the end of day two and my mouth hit the floor. He was the most fascinating person in the room, probably the one of the top five most fascinating people I've ever met in my life. And it was Dr. Ken Saylor. And it, I mean, I, I blew it because not only was he as an intern 
uh, working in an emergency room when there was a big parade out and he couldn't be at the parade because he had Dallas. to work. And it was at Parkland Hospital. And he was the intern working the emergency room when President JFK was assassinated. And he literally was in the room with Jackie as she is sitting there with her husband. And it was so fascinating. And I spent the whole day sitting next to this fascinating man. And I had no idea because I did not ask him a single question about who he was. What was he interested in? Where does he see? Nothing. Nothing. So I tell people, don't blow it. You will be in situations with people that you did not choose. Come from a place of curiosity. Come from a place of tell me more. Tell me, tell me your story. I'm curious. Tell me more. I'm interested in, in your path at how you got here. And when you're genuinely uh, curious, as opposed to being, well, how'd you get here? Which is a very different, you know, attitude. You will find fascinating things about people. And, um, and and it's amazing what you what you can accomplish with people because you know them better because you came from a place of curiosity. We it was a huge that. lesson. So thank you, Jane, for inviting him to come to your event. You're welcome. Uh, Dr. Ken Sellier um, actually passed away in the last few years. And yeah. I was so upset because I saw a preview of some sort of special, either it's a documentary on one of the streamings or something about all of the doctors coming together who were in the emergency room when JFK came in that day. And I was so upset. I'm like, oh no, he passed away. He's not going to be. And there he is on the screen. They interviewed him for this special. I was so happy that he, you know, they had got in the interview with him before he passed away. So um, anyway, that's a little side, side road. You never know who is going to be a part of your front row experience. Never know. And And you can create a front row experience if you let go of judgment of people. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Let go of your judgments. Now I do want to talk, what's the saying about the five or six people that you hang around with. You're the average of the five people you hang around with the most. I think that is Jim Rohn's quote. Yeah. (laughs) I always think about my crew up at the cottage and how they're all very much happy hour people. And I think, I don't know if this is doing me any favors (laughs) because none of them even know what I do for a living. I mean, literally nobody. Yeah. knows what I do for a living. And so, because it just doesn't come up. Like, right. doesn't come up anyway. Um, so think about that. Who are you spending your time with and are you intentionally surrounding yourself with front row people, right? general admission people, okay. balcony people, I mean, who is it that's in your life? How is that an intentional thing for you? Absolutely. I just, I mean, when I was younger, I used to, I I thought it was important that everybody liked me. And, it's, you know, there's some people that don't like me just because I remind them of their third grade teacher. You know what? Yeah. It, it's okay. It's okay that they don't like me because yeah. I don't need them to like me. I am secure in true. my own skin. I have nothing to prove to people. So I don't have to, um, run around and try to get everybody's attention. I mean, I can, in fact, my husband reminds me, Marilyn, you are a baroness. People come to you. You don't need to go to them. <laughs> it's a good reminder. 
So, cause I used to get up and rush to people and like, oh my gosh, can I have a selfie? And can I take your picture? And it's like, oh my gosh, those days, thank God. Those oh. days are over. I don't need to do that. So I think intentionally um, as a result, I'm much more calm. I'm not in such a hurry. I don't talk so much. I listen more. Um, mm. And I see that in new speakers now or newer speakers. Yeah. When uh, I ask them a question, they go on and on and on and on. And they start telling me stories that are so uninteresting. I'm like, we've lost, we've lost the whole conversation. And right. so much so that there's no follow-up question and there is no interest in a follow-up question. So I think you know that what? older I get, the wiser I get and the uh, quieter I get. That new speaker thing is that they're in a hurry. Yeah. They, all they can see is I must connect with all of these people because I'm in a hurry and I have a list of my perfect clients. Uh, sitting in the front row means that you are crystal clear on who your perfect client is and who your perfect client is not. Anybody with a negative attitude, thank you, next. Mm -hmm. um, the last piece on my perfect client list is has a has a combination of hunger and patience mm. because I feel like you need both. Yeah. You need to you need to have the hunger to take the action, but you also need to have some level of patience in the process. I have clients who think, oh, I'm going to make it happen in less than three years. And it takes them three years to really get their business up and launched to the degree that they're quite happy with it. Hunger well, and patience. Well, that is excellent. And uh, to add to that, um, the focus shouldn't be on the outcome. The focus should be on the process. So if you um, if you just know that these are the things you consistently have to do every day to build your business, mm. uh, just like health, you know, if you do everything every day to either, you know, have movement in your life and drink a lot of water and eat the right foods, you're letting go of the specific number on the scale, for example. Mm. And if you detach yourself from the specific number and just focus on your processes, then you will be less disappointed when it doesn't happen as quickly as you want it to. Mm. You have to trust the process. I love the term fueling your body. Like think mm. of it like, you know, you're driving a, an amazing race car and you're fueling it. What right. are you putting in there? Are you putting right. garbage in? Right. Uh, and I've watched you on your health journey uh, transform. C congratulations. I know you uh, I know you've had amazing success in that regard. Yeah, so. that's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a lot of work, right? Yes. It's a lot of work. And it's a, it's a lot of reflection. Like, why would I eat really healthy on the way to a keynote and then binge on the way home? You know, what does that mean? So there's like a connection wow. with receiving love and receiving, uh -huh. you know, uh, attention and, and then being able to sit with it and accept it and feel it as opposed to, no, that can't be real. And then it's, stuff a, it it's a reward thing. I reward myself for a job well done with food sometimes. That's interesting that you said that. And I've been very aware of, uh-oh, you know, my family's, my mom's in the hospital, my family's in distress. I'm eating pizza. Like it's kind of like a reward for what I'm going through. And I think that 
front row living means that you have an awareness for all of those things in mm -hmm. your life and yep. that you're putting yourself first yeah. is a part of that. We cannot give from an, a well that is dry right? and we definitely can't give from a well that is continually being sabotaged by adding crap to it. Yes. So I think that's interesting. And I love the idea of really like exploring what makes you do the things that you do. Yeah. And choosing the people that you want in your life. You know, there's a, a meeting planner that every time I have lunch with her, I feel worse about myself than I did before the lunch. Oh and no. It's just a, it's a weird thing. I mean, she constantly talks about herself and all the, and she's not aware of how she, she takes over the conversation. She is not aware about how she puts people down. And I, so I just stopped going out to lunch with her. We yeah. have a texting relationship now. So, oh, okay. um, so we have to protect, like I said, protect our energy. That includes being, um, surrounding ourselves with front row people and not balcony people, because you notice whenever you decide to like show up sort of halfway and you decide to sit in the balcony so you can leave and come back and no one would know, well, guess what? You're surrounded by other people with that same kind of disengaged mindset. So why would you put yourself in the presence of other people like that? Yes. Um, an executive in the food service space, she told me nothing good happens in the balcony. Always go to the front row because that's where other front row people are. Mm. It's so good. I mean, even if you're just attending a conference oh, yeah. and yeah. I have been, I've, I actually had a guy who was a coach to me, kind of like a psychic -y guy say, I have never seen anyone trying so hard to make themselves invisible in a room. And that was my old me. That was probably 20 plus years ago, me, yeah. where I would just be, uh, yeah, I'm here, but I'm kind of way back here, just looking on to see what's going on. And I can dash out at any moment <laughs> if I want to. Yep. Oh, and, and I have definitely been... I could definitely cop to having done that at conventions where I don't really want to commit to this topic. So I'm just going to come in and sit in the back row and then I can leave if I want to yeah. just do it. If you're going to go, go, yeah. if you're going to, if you want the topic, then go commit yeah. to it, go and sit in the front row, be there, be ready, be ready for the unexpected thing. Maybe you're meant to be there because there's somebody who's really cool. That's sitting next to you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Another be open. Front row person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think this might, uh, we'll, we'll try to put this out right before as a big NSA convention or something. So that they, people are inspired to go and sit in the front row. Okay. Final thoughts before, if people want to get in touch with you, Marilyn, how, what's the best way? Well, um, MarilynSherman.com. Marilyn, okay. like Marilyn Monroe, young people think Marilyn is the state of Maryland, but it's not. <laughs> it's Marilyn, like Marilyn Monroe and Sherman, like the tank. Um, and I have a YouTube channel. So if you want to subscribe to my YouTube channel, just search Marilyn Sherman because I do a free Front Row Friday video every Friday. So nice. um, so that I, that's the best way to get a hold of me. That is wonderful. Thank you so much for uh, sharing your wisdom yet again. I always love hanging out with you, Marilyn. We always have some interesting things to talk about, and I'm sure our listeners have gobbled up some of those and will take them to heart. I hope I so. And let me just say how honored I was to write the foreword to your book, The Wealthy <laughs> Speaker 3.0. Oh, 
yeah. I mean, that was a real honor because you know a lot of really cool, amazing speakers. So the day you asked me to write the forward to your latest book was really, really an honor. So I just oh. want to publicly thank you for uh, allowing me to write the forward. I was absolutely thrilled that you agreed and I absolutely loved what you wrote. So thank you for doing that for me. And absolutely, uh, it's, it's, we have a little fan club here between us and I love Mutual it. Mutual adulation society. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening in and we'll put some things in the show notes. Uh, of things that we've talked about, as well as how to connect with Marilyn and subscribe to her YouTube channel. Uh, and with that, we're going to say, come on and join us here in the Wealthy Speaker School and live in the front row. Come on and check out what we're doing in the private coaching and uh, live in the front row. I look forward to seeing you. And with that, we'll say, see you soon, Wealthy Speakers. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. If you need help building the speaking business of your dreams, head over to WealthySpeakerSchool.com and take advantage of our 20-minute next step call. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast.